Welcome to From There to Here with your host, Miranda Dekonski. Together, we'll explore our personal journeys and how they have impacted where we are today. We hope that you'll walk away inspired, motivated, energized, and knowing that there is no right or wrong path. Each path is uniquely our own. And now your host, Miranda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of From There to Here. I am your host, Miranda Dekonski, and today I am super honored and excited to be joined by Mary Poppin. Mary, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so humbled and honored to have you here and just appreciative of you taking the time. Well, uh, I'm honored you asked me. It's always fun to talk to you, Miranda. I always enjoy our conversations. And for those that don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, from a professional perspective, I'm currently the chief strategy and customer officer at Involve.ai. We are a customer intelligence platform. I'm happy to talk about that, you know, at a later time um, as well. But I've spent two decades of in customer delivery and have seen the evolution of companies really being able to move toward being customer centric. And so it's been a pretty exciting journey. Yeah. And you spent some time at Glint prior to here, right? And they were acquired by LinkedIn. Yeah, I've actually been part of, um, I'm actually at my third startup. Uh, My first two startups, SuccessFactors, actually went public and was acquired by SAP. Um, And so my time at SAP was also very, uh, very fun and exciting and rewarding. Uh, But then decided to jump back into startup land at Glint. Um, which was an employee engagement platform focused on helping employees be happier, more successful at work. Uh, We were acquired then by LinkedIn, who was obviously part of Microsoft. Um, And so that was also a a fun journey. And then I've decided that Startup Land was calling again. (laughs) So I made the jump again. I love startups. I love the startup world. It's it's my, you know, it's it's my favorite operating motion, quite frankly, the building and the all the unknowns and being able to create operations and define that. What what draws you to startups? You know what? It's the it's the agility and the ability to build something new that can really be game changing that I get really excited about. And then being able to bring people in on the journey who are equally as excited about the mission, just really great people that you get to surround yourselves, you know, with to create something together um, and wear lots of hats and build stuff. I, I never knew this about myself when I was younger, but if you'd ask me if I am a builder or like just an incremental improver, I'd probably say I'm a process improver. But I have learned that I love to build, <laughs> um, which, which was a fun learning about myself, but um, it's made my career more fun. Well, that's interesting. And, and what did you want to do when you grew up? I, I imagine startups wasn't on the list. <laughs> but No, do you know what I really wanted to do? So when I was probably seven, um, I went to SeaWorld for the first time and... From that point on, I wanted to be around killer whales like all the time. So it was an obsession forever. Um, And then I decided that the science and the biology and all of the things that probably went with working with them was not something I was super passionate about from an education perspective. So then I focused on organizational effectiveness (laughs) and productivity instead. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, What a shift. Did you? 
grow up here locally and I'm in, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. I assume that you were too, but maybe you're not. I'm in Minnesota. Um, Yeah, I actually was born in a really small town, Austin, Minnesota. It's in the southern um, part of the state. And actually, Hormel Foods is headquartered there, which is kind of funny. But they have a spam jam every year and a spam museum. So if you're ever looking for somewhere to go, not in the winter, but like (laughs) like small town America where, you know, you can see kind of spam come to life. Um, Definitely recommend it. But it's a fun, it was a fun little town to grow up in. I grew up in rural Michigan. I don't know. Oh, if okay. Yeah. No. I've only been out in the San Francisco Bay Area now 11 years, a little over 11 years. So I'm a Midwesterner. Do you miss uh, it? I miss a lot of the core things about the Midwest, the pace, um, the open space. <laughs> but honestly, California is my home now. Um, I love living, I live outside of San Francisco, about 30 miles. So I'm out in the suburbs. I love how I can go to the mountains or go to the ocean or go to the city and the weather's wonderful. And I don't have to trudge through snow. Um, it's minus 15 here right now. So, um, California would definitely be where I would choose right now. I was just complaining to somebody, even though it's only, you know, it was like, seven something in the morning. It was 28 degrees here this morning. And I thought that just walking my dog and and look, I grew up in Michigan. I know cold, but walking my dog around the block at 28 degrees, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. So it's all relative. You get sort of used to it, right? Wherever you are. And then uh, a shift in sort of any direction is a shock. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit. What has been the most interesting job you've had along the way? The most interesting job. Um, You know, yeah, I I think I've enjoyed all of my jobs looking back. Even I was a A&W root beer stand car hop when I was 14. And that was really fun. No roller skates, by the way, but I did have to carry the trays and hang it you know, on people's windows. Um, and so that that was really fun, especially when you're young, making, you know, two bucks an hour plus tips. Um, but, you know, probably one of the most challenging, exciting jobs I had was at SAP. Um, the ability to I, I had to bring three business lines together, um, all of the cloud business lines and create really a, a post-sale Um, journey for customers that was cohesive for the customers that were across the business lines. Um, And that model is still in place today, which is exciting um, and very rewarding, but it was super challenging, uh, but really interesting. Like a lot, a lot of learning about, you know, large organizations and influencing others. And um, yeah, that was probably a highlight in my career. That's interesting. That's interesting. And, you know, pretending that skills or money is not an object, if you could do anything, you could try any career, what would you do? Okay. I love this question. So I'm going to go back to orcas. (laughs) If I could follow them around and research them and sort of be in their, um, you know, their environment, um, I, I would love that. I think I would. I don't know when you actually do it, if if I would, but I just think it's so fascinating how 
smart they are and how they they stick together. Did you know this? The yeah. um, orc is our matriarchy. So they follow the oldest female in the pod is sort of the leader. Um, and then when she passes, the next like oldest female takes over. Um, and the boys pretty much stay with their moms for life. So anyway, a <laughs> little bit about orcas. I, that's what I would do. I, I really love that. I went to, so we've done um, whale watching in Hawaii and off the Pacific coast and learned all kinds of interesting facts about them. And we actually saw, I don't remember what type of whale it was, but it was huge and it had a baby and the baby was showing off and it, they were migrating, you know, north. probably it was huge. And the baby was just like, doing tail flips and giving us a whole show. It was so awesome. Um, kind of, again, shifting gears. So taking a look back at your career and the journey you've had, what do you think has made you successful um, so far? Maybe that something that's not obvious. You know, um, a co- couple things that come to mind. Um, Actually, so you know about the imposter syndrome, right? I don't know oh, if you've yeah. ever experienced it. Daily, daily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was finally able to put a name to something that I have felt for the majority of my career, um, especially getting into being a high achiever and like wanting to say yes to everything and wanting the experience to do everything, even when... I didn't have the experience or didn't think I would be successful. I put myself in those places, but I always had imposter syndrome. So being the only female around the executive table or, you know, taking on those three business lines at SAP, like it, it's scary. Um, (laughs) And every day I sort of deal with the imposter syndrome. Always feel like there's more I could do. I could do better. Um, But I think that pushes me. And has always made me feel like um, I need to overcome that imposter syndrome. And the other thing I have, which is maybe a good compliment, is just the fear of missing out. That FOMO of I just never want to say I could have or should have tried something. Um, so even if I fail, at least I, I will have tried it. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like those are a couple of things I can finally put a term to or a name to, um, that, that I think have actually helped me, um, throughout my career. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us struggle with imposter syndrome and sometimes we look at it as a negative thing because it can be mentally and emotionally taxing. Um, but it also can push you to try to figure out what's the next step I need to take to get rid of that feeling or why am I feeling this or where do I feel like I need to improve or grow or evolve? Um, so I think it's kind of like a two, it's definitely two-sided. And I don't think like, I don't think we talk about it enough, especially, um, as professional women, you know, especially women in leadership, like it's something you sort of keep inside and say, no one else feels this, um, and don't really talk about it. And so it's even harder to get the support you need, you know? Um, so I think we just need to bring it out more, um, and let people know, like being yourself, being your true self, bringing that to everything that, you know, your job, your personal life, like 
that's okay. And that's great. And you're going to be successful. And we should all talk about, you know, our fears and how to overcome them. Um, so that's what I encourage anybody listening. Like, Absolutely. You have like, <laughs> reach Absolutely. out to Miranda and I will talk. We'll talk to you about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that one of the great things I love about the customer success community is we're very giving and we tend to build each other up. Uh, we're not, I don't feel this, and maybe this isn't true. Maybe this is me in my own little bubble. I don't feel like we're in extreme competition with each other. It's like, if we all win, if one wins, we all win, right? And we're constantly building each other up. I think that's kind of one of the keys to being able to be vulnerable and talk about the things that we struggle with behind the scenes, like imposter syndrome and things like that. Agreed. Um, Another thing I'm trying to do with this venue is talk about mistakes we've made along the way. Why I'm very passionate about this, not only have I just made a boatload of mistakes through my career, but I feel like those were the moments that I learned the most. Um, If I looked at it as a gift and took a moment to reflect and figure out what I did and, you know, maybe if I would have zigged when I zagged or whatever it may be, um, there could have been a, a very different outcome, but not making those mistakes in vain, right? And making sure I learned from them. Do you have any mistakes that you've made along the way that you would consider really big learning moments? Um, Is it okay to share a personal? Yes, personal, professional. This is all about you. Yeah, so one of the things that I have struggled with um, being career-oriented and, again, like feeling like you know, I can do anything. Um, but that comes with having to make trade-offs and choices. Um, and one of the things that was really has been hard for me throughout my entire career is choosing between my family and work. Um, and those times where I chose work multiple times over my family, because in my mind, I was saying, okay, I'm just going to do this for three hours, or I'm just going to do this one trip and I'm, I'm going to spend time with my kids next weekend, or, you know, I'll have you know months with them, um, to spend time. And the reality is like that one thing for work is always turns into the next thing, the next trip, the next right, um, project that you have to get back to people on, you know, um, and work throughout the entire time you could be with your kids over the weekend. And, um, and so I have, regrets about that, but I have made a very conscious effort over the last probably seven years to start to really draw boundaries and to be okay with myself that I choose, you know, my family, um, more than I choose work, but there are times that I give myself some grace that I, I do need to choose work. Um, and that's okay. And my family is supportive. Um, but that's been really, really hard. Uh, and so the mistake ultimately in my mind is not figuring out those boundaries sooner and being okay with that. I thank you for sharing that because I think this is another thing that a lot of women, you know, professionals struggle with. And it wasn't, really widely talked about until just a few years ago. I don't know if the pandemic kind of surfaced it or what, but you would hear, you know, a lot of conversations around 
women choosing to stay at home or go back to work and, you know, uh, the, the dynamics of trying to do both and what you were giving up. And it, it really is interesting. Like you don't ever hear about it really from male leaders perspective, uh, because there's always this assumption that the woman's just going to take care of the kids. So I'm very fascinated by this. I was a single mom for 10 years trying to build a career. So so hard, right? Like you just, um, I think the biggest thing is you have to, the best way to say it is give yourself, you know, the grace to say you, you can make mistakes. You will make mistakes, but guess what? You, you know, will also make the right choices, um, and show the people you love, you love them, you know, uh, in the way that you can, in the best way you can. Yeah. Um, but I think forgiving yourself for decisions that you may have made differently in the past, you know, is a big thing and, and a way to move on instead of dwell on it. Absolutely. And time flies by fast. You know, be, you know, you blink and then your child has grown up. That's the way it is. You know, my, my son is going to be in exactly one month from today. He'll be 21 years old. 21. And I... I just, I can't believe it. It feels like it was just yesterday I was picking him up from daycare, right? <laughs> so, so it it's does. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Our oldest is first year in college. Um, but he actually has said to me, mom, um, thank you for basically instilling, you know, a work ethic um, in me and showing me that basically anything is possible if you, you know, go, go after it. Um that was really special you know, touching. And um, yeah, it made me again, feel okay with some of the other decisions I've made in the past, but yeah, not to get too deep. No, no, <laughs> that's, but. this is, this is perfectly fine. So, you know, you've had quite the journey. If you could give advice to your 18 year old self now, knowing what you know, what would you say? Don't sweat the small stuff. It's funny you hear that. Um, and I don't know about you, but I have, again, probably going back to like the imposter syndrome and everything else, but I have questioned and like re-questioned decisions and worried about, will this person think this or that, or is this, you know? Um, and so what advice I would give would be, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Just be yourself, be confident. And if you do what's right, everything will work out. Oh. I love that. And I think another thing you just made me think of is no one really thinks about you as much as you, (laughs) you know, I know no one like focuses on the word that you chose. No, 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 not at all. So fast forwarding a hundred years from now, and people are looking back on all the work you did and, and what you left behind. What do you want them to remember you for? So what what I would love is if someone were describing me years from now, um, is if they would say that I was an example of somebody who could be kind and successful at the same time, because you can be compassionate and empathetic and people first, but you can still knock your business and personal goals out of the park. All right. I, I agree. And I think you are succeeding in that. Um, I remember, yeah, I, I've known you for a few years through the network and I, 
you know, I looked at you as somebody that I was like, wow, she's very nice, but wow, look at her go. Right. So you were just somebody that I looked to at, and that was exactly kind of what came to my mind when somebody would ask me, what do you think of Mary? I would be like very professional, very strong leader, but just so nice and sweet and kind. <laughs> so thank you. Cars. Good. Let's document this. We'll replay this in the hundred again years. and again <laughs> and again. Um, and then let's have a little bit of fun. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Grammatical and spelling issues in like professional, you know, works that you see drive me crazy, but voice to text that drives me crazy. So people will, you know, send you a text or something from their voice. We have a friend who does this. It makes no sense. So we've actually like dubbed it Kevin speak because (laughs) it's like translating the message you get. Uh, But that's my biggest pet peeve. This, those grammar and spelling issues. Here's a funny thing is I, when I was a senior in high school, I comped out of the senior uh, high school English and I went to college my senior year. I was very good at like writing and grammar. I feel like the older I get, the more I question every single thing I write. I don't know if it's because I've become more aware over the years or what, but I'm always Googling. Is it this or is it this? Is it that or is it this? And then I like, I obsess about it. And then when I find that I've printed or published something with a typo on LinkedIn or in an email, it's just like devastating for about 10 minutes. (laughs) I do the I do the same thing. Yes, more so than even before. You're right. And now that we have Grammarly and Google, I always am like, should that have a hyphen? Should that be one word or two? You know, it's like double, yeah, double checking. Uh, well, last question I'm going to ask you is, who is the most influential person in your life? Um. So my mom. Um, has had such a profound influence on me from a really early age. Um, Again, not getting too deep, but um, she was a single mom, two kids. She worked three jobs for a while before she found sort of a career opportunity. Um, But during working those three jobs, I don't remember, remember her ever missing an important event in our lives. She was never, you know, absent from something related to a school activity or there when we needed her, um, which is amazing to me when I think back, because that's like superwoman, you know? Um, So she really taught me that you can, you know, get everything that, that you, that you want, you can help focus on, on others and, um, you know, be successful, uh, but be a really good person. And so, yeah, it would be my mom. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing everything you shared with me today. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, And thank you. Same, Miranda. It's always just so great to chat with you. And uh, I look forward to our next chat. I know. Maybe maybe it'll be sooner rather than later. I hope so. In person. In person. I can give you a hug. I know. (laughs) All right, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of From There to Here. Check back weekly for new episodes. For more conversations about this episode and more, please feel free to follow Miranda on LinkedIn. See you soon.